you're listening to another episode of the Get The Shot podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at Get The Shot Podcast and on Twitter at GTS underscore podcast. Now, without further ado, on with the episode. Welcome to episode 19 of Get The Shot Podcast with your host, Billy at BFH UK. John Willis at JRE Willis. And Josh Deakin at Mr. Josh Deakin. Awesome, lovely. So today we are talking about one of my favourite topics, and probably John's. Yep. Not so much Josh's because he's hey. a millennial. millennial, millennial. Hang, hang on, hang on. How is it your favourite as well? Because I'm educated what? in photography. Ah, okay. So we're going to be talking uh, mm. about um, shooting film. Is it in or is it out? This is from an article that I read on F-Stoppers again. Oh, gosh. It's almost like like we love them. Big fan of them. I I went delving when I I saw that article from last week. Well, I think uh, Johnny's also a bit of a fan of Lee Big Stoppers. We've got all the stoppers in. (laughs) (laughs) Well. All the stoppers. So, our film. uh, This is an interesting one, isn't it? And, Mm. again, it'd probably be, I think, probably a similar length episode to the previous one that we recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, These, like, two little buffers. Quick and cheerful. Yeah, definitely. Before and um, hopefully Bartley's joined us. Yeah, and I think um, film is an interesting one. So I um, did start off in film, mm-hmm. like many, many years did, ago. Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day. But back he did day. old fogey. Yeah, I mean, I'd like wow. to point out it, it was very much colour film. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and that not makes black and white. It, um, it, wasn't in, it wasn't in the ages, you know. No. And it's um, it was interesting that when I started taking photos, when I was uh, about... I suppose taking my own photos, maybe fetus. eleven or twelve, mm. maybe something like that. Mm. And um, I started off like you said, your sister, I think it is, that yes. uses disposable cameras. Mm-hmm. So I used disposable twenty-four exposure film cameras that you Lovely. took the photos and then sent them away, and they'd send no. you back. Do you remember how cheap they used to be? Well, they were really cheap, and then all of a sudden, so cheap. All of a sudden, they got um, ridiculously expensive. But yeah. that's because fewer people are using them, I suppose. Well, it's coming back, and I think they won't turn down the price. Well, they won't turn down the price, no. Just like vinyls have made a comeback, so has the film camera in a big way. Vinyls have been back for quite a while now. Vinyls are quite cheap. I've had a vinyl player for like Mm. three, four years. I'm 100% not with the vinyl. No. Mm. I mean, I like the analogue of film, and we'll come on to that in a Mm. minute maybe, but I I can't. Anyway, that's a tangent. Yeah. So, yes. um, So, yeah. So, I mean, film uh, in terms of, uh, Billy, you've shot some film at, uni don't even sum me right now don't so even you, sum me right, right. now so you, you shot let a lot me, of film l- okay let's let her be in her own voice. should we all just go for our own come by yeah. it's because i really want to i really want to tell you people well you 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 have your moment let me just have my moment welcome to billy's corner okay thank you so i had a canon ie1 program camera mm. with uh just a prime lens 50 mil lens um, and a few rolls of film because for college you had to have a film camera and my mum asked one of her friends who she knew had one and he traveled all around the world with this camera it was quite botched it was it was it had this dense you know it was loved though oh, um traveled yes it was well traveled and uh so yeah i fell in love with this camera and i, I spent so much time in the dark room because for two three years of like college slash university you do have to just work you have to go from the basics literally getting a monster can figuring that shit out 
Come back to me when you've done it. Pinhole cameras. Pinhole cameras, yep. Um, And then went on to film. I love this camera so much because, okay, my Fuji compact camera was the first one. We're not going to talk about her and her purpleness. Oh, I didn't realize you gave it an agenda. Everything is female. Because oh. everything is awesome. Like my my cars, car. are, my cars are always female. Normally. Yeah, Every, my laptop. I was saying she needs to just chill out. Oh, I don't know. called Bertha. Jesus. Everything's a she, man. <laughs> everything great is a she. You Siri. probably don't remember Bertha, the TV program. Bertha, lovely Bertha. No. I do. No. Do you remember it? No. I say I remember it. I saw it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and find the theme no. tune. No. We'll splice that in. Right, sure. <laughs> so he loves this genres. So basically, I love this camera so much that I have a life-sized version of it tattooed on my leg you do you're right yeah. just saying well, find it on bilbo and stuff because it's on there and it's i love this film camera and um i've still she got it. it and then my granddad um he had loads i mean i didn't know i come from a photography background but mm. um, my uncle does photography um and my granddad had loads and he gave me them all and i've got uh, i've got like a few replica ones because he just gave me like a big box full of just stuff Ooh, the way you said box yeah it was great i've like got so focus. much and then um i did get a 120 mil don't ask me i couldn't find i couldn't find it this is quite spare don't, the don't day, ask billy it? on that one don't ask me on that i'll, I'll bring it but i'll bring it back up in the podcast well really. i've already said we need to do a film challenge at some point it's yeah. just been very much and i have a lot i have a lot of Film cameras that need the f- the fight. My only thing is, as I said a minute ago, film is just very very expensive. Um, relatively, it's, it's so I mean, sure. I'm saying eight pound for a few photos. No, okay, shut up. Not a few. Shut up. I don't know. Well, this is so my yeah. Tell me about your my camera that I'm holding in my hands now. Uh, <laughs> here's an interesting backstory. Okay, so this is uh, an Olympus OM20 for those people that are interested. Uh, and this was my dad's film camera that took a lot of photos of me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So when I was a baby and stuff now like you're that. The and now I'm using it because he said, like, oh, I don't want this because, you know, we have digital. And I was like, oh, well, we're not throwing it away. Shut up, dad. So let me have and it. And you also referenced so this, is... this camera in your, in, was it the first or the second episode? Yeah, I think so. So um, I have a, a few different lenses for it. Um, currently got a Sigma 24mm ultra wide, super wide, as they call it. Mm. Um and that is a 2.8. Um, I have that. I also have a 50mm 1.8, I think, which is pretty much the standard lens that most people that's, have. Yeah, that's a telephoto that. lens and stuff like that as well. And then um, I've shot on that. And I suppose, I mean, arguably, like, this looks like a typical, what you would call Just a proper a film, film camera. camera. Like, you know, mm. it that's has the black body, the silver top, the pentaprism on the top where you have your optical viewfinder, all those sorts of things. They were built like tanks. You know, I put a little, uh, it's got a soft... Uh, Shutter release button on which so satisfying, isn't it? It's so satisfying. If you've never done film, seriously try it. It's It's so so satisfying. So if you hear any of us swear today, there is a film inspired bleep noise as well. Um, My film of choice generally is uh, Ilford HP Five Plus, which is a four hundred ISO. I'm an Ilford gal. I like that. I do sometimes shoot um, Kodak Tri-X as well. I like that, but. Ilford HP 5 Plus uh, is 400. You can push it so you can yeah. ramp it up to a higher ISO um, and it, it doesn't degrade too badly. Does Fuji do some? Uh, yeah, Fuji film is very expensive though mm-hmm. um, because it has such a following. Ilford's so. yeah. following straight behind though. Is yeah. it? I mean, if you want to buy actual um, you can buy the bulk. paper to print yeah, on as well. You can, buy, like... you can buy 
big rolls of Ilford film as well, mm. like bulk, like 30 meters of film. And then you can, if you're in a dark room, you can splice it, put it on a That's reusable so film canister. Cool. So it's much, it's much cheaper then. But what's interesting is I, I got this uh, OM20 about five, six years ago, something like that. And I uh, started shooting a bit of film and I was like, this is cool. This is cool. Um, quite like i mean the first set of film that i i then developed the negatives at home in a in a um dark room bag with a uh, a patterson uh, developing tank and you said that you um, that you went through a bit of tribulation with this right yes yeah, so i went through it um i'm not gonna lie the first roll of film was shite uh and uh i i really figured out that um you need to be really still <laughs> when you take photos and you need to have a very steady hand which i don't well if um, you think about it the sort of process it's very delicate it's it's um a, a little bit like something like hydro dipping you really have to be precise with what you're doing right yeah and um it was interesting because i started taking a few photos and then uh, developed the negatives and then mm. from the negatives i chose at, um where i work at a school we've got a dark room and i'm really fortunate i can use that dark That's room whenever good. i want the benefits so of the job, with yes. enlargers so i take my negatives in and if i want to i enlarge it onto photo paper to get a print and um i'm really fortunate that james who does definitely listen to this podcast to so thank you james Hello, um james. he is really kind and like will help like because i'm not very good with like dark room stuff so mm. he'll say like you know allow it to develop for a little bit longer allow the picture to come out and then i miss the dark room so much. well there's that moment and is i think is there like a fine art to get in the right type of yeah Dude, uh, it's and so honestly difficult. it's so satisfying when you have a, a negative that you've got up. and then this photo just appears from a blank yeah. piece of paper in a very wow. dimly lit room and you're like whoa oh, and you that just, just know that just sounds like a high moment doesn't it a good moment. it oh, is brilliant you don't get it with digital because mm. oh, digital, no, no. you take a photo you can imitate it but it's not the real deal gratification with digital so i'd spend days in that in that dark room if yeah. i had to and then you have to put the, the fan on because everyone's yeah, like oh you get cancer if you she never saw sun. um and yeah. you can't leave it in the trays for too long yeah. or it starts to mess yeah. up. You've you got to wash it, it at the end. Yeah. It's almost like you that have a broken scale, dryer. Like, you have to yeah. get it right in the middle and nail it. <laughs> so, it's, uh, so it's interesting. So I've, I've got this, like I say, this uh, OM20. It's not actually my first film camera. So my first film camera, I had a, a Nikon F80, which was uh, it's quite a good film camera, actually, the Nikon F80, I think. I mean, people are going to say it's not a pro camera, but actually for a, for a consumer, it was a really good camera. And because at the time I had my Nikon, so I had loads of Nikon lenses that would work on the film camera yeah. and they were full frame lenses. So they would work perfectly. So I had like my um, 28 mil, I had a 50 mil, I had a, I think a 85 mil. So I had lots and lots of uh, lenses that would just work on the Nikon Is that body. Because, the, because this was a film camera that was made with the standard in mind still. Well, it was. It is the standard. Yeah. So it's where so, digital cameras so with full frame this wasn't, come from. This was a camera that was built uh, like... Well, just before uh, you bought it, 1990s, or? something okay. like that, maybe. So, so it, yeah, so it was in the same line. Still in production in early 2000s, but yeah. you know, um, ultimately would so have been a, it quite was an a clean. Camera. It was a clean mount. Then you didn't have to do anything different. No, no adaption, just exactly oh, the same as you as you'd have. So, um, and I've still got my Nikon. It's just I don't have any Nikon glass because <laughs> I sold it all. My dad actually has uh, some some ca- some old Canon lenses in the loft. The thing is, yeah. though, I've always said to him, I'm not sure if they'll fit the camera. Probably will if you adapt them. That's the thing. Like it's, it might be a bit costly to adapt them. So. No, they're cheap. The adapt because you won't get any autofocus. Oh no, so I know just, that. You're literally. Seven, it's basically like buying a Samyang manual, essentially. Yeah. You, so you, you, you you're straight thrown in. Yeah, so you'll pay about eight pound probably for a, a filter. Mm. Uh, not filter adapter, so. Although the, the the quality of them now might not be as good as. They I think that'd be sick. Are you, I think. No, I mean, as, I mean, as in like the the the, the body itself, it might be it might be a bit battered. I think. Because uh, they have been in the loft for quite a while. They should be alright. What are they doing they, in the loft? Dancing? they've not got fu- sort of fungus on them, mm. they'd be alright. No, no. I don't know. 
because my dad was like saying that we've had him for a while and like he's been meaning to get him down. I hate I, when people say that to me. My nan's got like a box camera in the cupboard that she needs to get out, and I'm like, Nan, get the box camera out. I need the brownie box camera. Yeah. It's probably because so, I didn't think you could. I could have adapt him for cheap. That's yeah. why. Yeah, I mean, especially if you if you move to a mirrorless body, then it's easy. Oh, it is easy. We anyway, still don't have the he's money. Making eight us guilty in. anyway. I so I, I had. I won't be buying anything like that yet. I had the OM20. Um, I had the F80, mm-hmm. so I have got a couple of bodies. And then, um, sadly, a couple of years ago, my granddad died. And uh, whilst we were going through his house, uh, I found his OM30. So, like, the upgraded <laughs> So, when you this. said Thanks, you inherited granddad. it, you did technically yeah. inherit it with so, his permission. Yeah, yeah and um, nobody else really would have wanted it. So, I thought, so well... did not realise the potential. I'll, I'll take the OM30 and... You know, Heritage. I'll continue to take photos on it in the way that he took photos on it many, many years like ago. Father, no, no, like, like well, grandson. grandson, yeah, like grandson, like father, yeah, yeah. grandson. Uh, so grandson. I, um, I carried on, and um, I've got that upstairs as well, and I've got he's got a few different lenses, so I now have a range of Olympus oh. mount lenses. Have you, so you've um, now got technically more than you have in your present. Yeah, my digital cameras. cameras. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've totally. done two. But what's interesting, because obviously it means that, say, in my OM20, I might have a roll of HP5 Plus, and then in my OM30, I might have some Tri-X codec uh, uh, sort of film. Um, and and it's just what's amazing is different film, and I think this is this is unique in the sense that digital is quite sterile. You know, I know you yeah. can have film simulations on the Fujis and stuff mm. like that. And you can have, you know, your, your creativity modes, like, you know, black and white sepia and all that mm. sort of stuff. But in reality, if you're shooting raw, it's just raw. Like, you know, you can do what you want with it in Lightroom. Mm. But film gives a it's different texture. Raw. Well, it gives a different texture. So exactly. different films give different amounts That's of grain. That's why people yeah. like, to, like to snap um, Polaroids like yeah. with certain models. Yeah. And it's because they give a really different look, don't they? Exactly. So, um, Is that like sort of sort of like dark, but like lit up kind of of someone like you know yeah. when you see somebody like I mean, drink, drinking a drink and they're lit up really large and the light backgrounds like dark. The yeah. HP five. Um, because it's a 400 ISO film, um, I think 36 exposures is about four pounds eighty at the moment. So it's basically a fiver a film, mm. which is quite expensive because yeah, it's only 36 shots. It. However, it's obviously they don't have to have it processed. So if you don't want yeah. to process it at home and you want to use a lab, obviously you pay for that. Um, what is interesting is you can get a few films still that use the C41, the color processing, and that's better yeah. because you they lose... do that in like boots. Yeah, you do it at boots or max film and they send it off because they don't do them in store now. Mm-hmm. But what Which they'll is often so do, depressing. Yeah, they'll send it off and within two or three days you'll get it back. But what's there are benefits and drawbacks to that um c41 processing for black and white film you tend to lose a bit of contrast i think mm-hmm. generally from the experience i've had limitations well it's just it's the chemical process so did you have a dodge and burn working. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, I get to make the and dodging and burning where so when people use lightroom obviously they go oh i'm making it lighter and darker but you are actually doing that in a very physical medium. Yeah, well, you have to actually cover yeah, over the cover areas over the that you don't that you want. Don't so basically, want. you have to do it in the general sense and then you have to go and do extra edits manually. Right. Yeah, uh, it's yeah all so like as you're exposing it, basically. So that, that's where the, the time comes in then. So when we talk about editing our photos quite quickly in the editing workflow episode, yeah. uh, in this sense, if you want a decent photo, you really do need to put in the effort. Oh, it's going to take time. And it's yeah. also not only is it a time, just in the way that people have acquired skills in Photoshop now. Yeah. The skills in the dark room were something that you know you learn and mastered in the same way that you learn things. So when people like say Photoshop is cheating, no, I disagree. I think it mm. is very much a case of film photography has it, it really, its own really skill set. It really depends on the case. Yeah, 
Um, and if, you, the, if you're if you're getting rid of something that's that's very crucial to the photo, then yeah, you are cheating. And you can modify film photos. See, this is a misconception mm-hmm. that people think that film means it's raw and it's it's not you know, as, it's, it's, not as, you it's not as still clean modify. and cutters, clean and cutters every other digital yeah. photo. You have to put the effort in. And you know there are some circumstances in our lives where, um, for example, um, I don't know, on this uh, film camera, um, you know, it's much more basic in terms of yeah. what it does. I mean, this is a this is an auto um, shutter. So it's like, I suppose you call this aperture priority, mm-hmm. really. Oh, okay. So what I can do is I can set the aperture um, and then it will, if it's in auto mode rather than manual, it will automatically set the uh, shutter speed mm-hmm. to make so sure that it's exposed on the way, right side. In a way, that's a bit right like a side. sort of point, middle, middle point it's between a, the it, DSLR phase and the SLR phase. It's a, well, it's a, it's a semi-automatic mode, I Ooh, suppose. Makes like a good, so I, can, I got my semi-automatic. I can, still, <laughs> I can still turn it into full manual mode. Yeah. And at that point, I can then go around so at the back here is the shutter speed. Ah. So I can rotate this second dial up and down like this. Does it have like a firm grip to it so you know oh, that you're stopping on this? Oh, it's very much a physical That's the one dial. thing, like I said in, the, in the, one of the episodes before, like I, with my that 50 that I bought cheap, the ring just doesn't feel good enough after you've turned it. Can't so have a cheap ring. I, I think it. as most things people say, people like a clicky button, people what's, like what's a movable dial. I mean, I'm going to put this into context. So yeah. all of these dials, I don't think you'll hear this. Oh, you can. That's, that's what, a very that's physical button. Camera, isn't it, it is. It you is. Press, yeah. You press one down and you click it in. Yeah, and then the other thing is, is because it has a battery built in, but the batteries are like they take these star batteries, yeah, yeah. and um, they last ages, right? Um, but Sometimes you want to make sure that the batteries are okay. I love the fact there's like a check yeah, function and then it is this. Is it bib? Yeah. And Ooh. you're like, oh, that means the batteries are we okay. We haven't just stopped recording, guys. We are still on air. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I really, really do think like it's amazing. And there is something um, reassuringly cool about a a camera that will take it. So, I'm going to try and get like, I think this this noise has become. Synonymous. Don't know if we heard that. Yeah. Did we hear that? So, that has become quite. Um, Nice, and let's see if we can pick it up. Say hello, Billy. <laughs> I'm trying to smile, but I'm a psycho smiler. She's a psycho smiler. <laughs> there we go. That was the psycho smile. Do you know what that sounds like? It sounds like someone dropping a little, a little metallic ball into a box. And I think it's just that it's noise. Cute. So where you have this sort of thing. Sorry, I walked away from the mic. But when you have this, sick. It literally that sounds is... like you're, re- you're um, reloading, essentially. Yeah, well, you are. You are you're you're yeah. bringing the film across. It's, like a gu- um, it's, it's essentially like a gun, without sounding like depressing about the yeah. idea of the item. And, you know, again, uh, we have Josh. I, I guess we're doing this for the episode, then. Well, we are. There we go. I apologise for my lips. Mine has a broken aperture ring, which is really fun, and it makes me a better photographer, because <laughs> I have to really think about what I'm doing. No, no, Billy, it means it makes your job harder, but I makes it more enjoyable. Mine, um, actually, my, I think I actually did mention this. My Canon A1 program went to Greece with me, and I was Ooh. on a little canoe boat, and, oh. it's, and there was a... <laughs> there was a rogue wave. There was a rogue wave. Um, when we, we couldn't get off the boat, and the, the film camera took the brunt of it, oh, so, no. like, over my digital. Like <laughs> Don't do it on a canoe, yeah. Um, canoe it again but no um (laughs) i got the film done anyway and it was just so strange that it it got so much water on like damage to it you know what's really interesting as well um because often what the time that only people use like digital uh, well film cameras maybe 10 years ago was people used them when they did underwater photos you know like the underwater cameras because people still use them because they were like well it was more the fact that 
if it got wrecked, nobody gave a shit. No, like sorry. Oh, she was like, true. oh, it's it's twenty five pound for an underwater camera with thirty six photos, and you, you oh, know, it included the, the processing, yeah. so all you had to do was send it off, and they they processed as it. As long as the film itself didn't get perished. Well, yeah, and the thing was, it had a waterproof housing. It was single use, but it meant that you know you could go through and yeah, everyone used to take them on holiday, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So Some people still do. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think the problem that you have now is that uh, you struggle arguably to kind of See to find of well no you have to struggle to find them i mean like oh, the yeah. problem that you're finding now is I film saw, I, saw, sure, I still saw them in boots i'm sure boots still sell uh, them. Uh, I've got an example boots them. boots will sell a, will a sell cheap them. a cheap uh, disposable camera and there are companies that do sort of like cheap plastic bodied film oh, wow. cameras this is what happened to it Oh, that's very cool. It's cool. So you've got all the, you've got all the, like the water droplets. Yeah, but this is the film. This is the film that I got, and it's so vibrant. I think it was a Fuji. Um, it was the color. Might be Velvia. Oh. Yeah. Like um, it was like really how interesting. Everything behind looks like like a sort of dark Mount Fuji. Um, look. it also did this to the sky. It kind of like oh, um, it, like it added like spots. It's so strange. Yeah, doesn't that look like, like yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. some of these old-fashioned wallpaper with but all yeah. the signs. So, so there's the the interesting thing as well. Obviously. We've talked about film and yes. we've talked about like perhaps it's an analog format in that sense. I predominantly shoot black and white film. Um, I know that that is definitely making a bit of a sort of a, I suppose like a hipster comeback. <laughs> but the, the mm. thing for me is what I love about black and white, and I've talked about this before, I think, uh, maybe on previous episodes. If I haven't, then I apologize. And if I have, then I apologize. <laughs> but um, I like the fact that black and white does force you to think a little bit more about the light and the yeah. shadow. Um Often people take a colour digital photo and go, oh, what would that look like in black and white? But when you see it in colour but have to, in your mind, think, what will this look like in black and white when I see it only in monochrome? Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how your photography style changes. So I definitely think we should go out as a, as a threesome. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've got a film camera you've you can got, use yeah. as yeah. well. So oh, we load up, quite a few. So we'll load up a couple of film it is, cameras. They are testers, though. Like, I'm pretty sure we looked after them, but I don't, I don't know how long it's been since they were tested. Well, we'll see how they come. We'll just so, but yeah, I think we should definitely go through um, and sort of work our way uh, through a little challenge and maybe uh, we'll take the Zoom with us and document it on set, maybe. Um, but on as you said about my um, little sister, she's um, just about to turn 17, but 16. And for her birthday, she asked me for a disposable camera. And she's not from a photography background. I'm in no way inspiring to anyone in my family. It just so happens I do photography. Um, and then, so when she was like, can I have a disposable camera? And I was like, why? And she's like oh, well, all the parties we go to and stuff like this, everyone has one. Cost me, like, arm and leg, about tenner, but just a disposable camera. I was like, why don't you just use your main stacks, you random? She's like, no, it's not the same. Well, I would argue as well that Instax is actually dear because, like, realistically, it's like a pound a shot. They are ridiculous. Um, And they did sell them on the... When I was on my cruise ship, they were doing a sale on them. They were selling one of the models for $50. Yeah, uh, the Which cameras aren't expensive. Yeah. The problem with the camera is the, it's it's the, the same film. situation yeah. with the printers, isn't it? It's yeah. the ink. Yeah. Down, hands down, the best uh, film camera I've used in studio and in location is the Hasselblad. Oh, Hasselblad, oh my yes. God. Medium format. Yeah, <clears throat> it is. Looking down into that crisp little world is a photographer's wet dream. It but is, is very expensive. Amazing. I it's used it at college. Club. Oh, my God. It's a, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. 
Like yeah, well, you look down. Well, my, and it's imagine just, that your college actually managed to afford that. Well, my, my college is banging. <laughs> college man. My uh, uncle is well, still is, I suppose, officially. Can you say I, Samuel uh, then. Solly Hall. I was going to say. I thought you said Samuel then. Yeah. Sorry. So ill. No. Uh, so he he's um still is, I suppose, because I don't know if you ever retire when you're freelance. Maybe you do. I don't know. He's yeah. in his sixties, but um he's a professional photographer. Um, has done a lot of stuff like weddings, portraits, that sort of stuff. He's done medical injuries. And, and we spoke like about that. him off of podcasts, didn't we, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he had his own studio, but he realised that studio space was actually costing him a fortune. Yeah. And it wasn't really making him that much money. It was difficult to get clients to come in and spend time in the studio. People didn't... And He's then giving it up, right? Yeah, well, I think it's more the fact that he does more like, um, like law and uh, sort of... Yeah. like medical work for people like injuries and stuff like that where he documents them and he generally does that on film um but what's interesting is i had a go on his um hasselblad mm. um Five, medium format 500 uh i can't remember what model it was but i remember taking it out and him saying like you know you can come and have a go on this and i was like wow and oh, i was looking down and i was like Oh, this is this is it's nice. another level looking because down. I, th- I think the appreciation is there as a photographer. I think it's just the fact that and I just had film. I had an appreciation of just that it was an amazing piece of engineering. Like the uh, name it itself just, is a know. good start. You would never Hassle make Blast. that shit again. Well, they sent it's them a to one the in moon. A life. Do you know yeah, what I mean? One like, in a lifetime. It's amazing. So to me, they got a reputation. Yeah, they are. And I mean, they do make digital cameras now. You know, they they do make uh, digital backs for Hasselblad, which are uh, not cheap either. No, <laughs> well, you know, thousands, thousands of pounds. Of pounds. Yeah. But you are yeah. paying for the privilege with Hasselblad. Yeah. It paying, is. You are in a way paying for the name too. Like well, I, I ain't doing it. I mean, Sony, fair play to your prices, but like Canon again. But Hasselblad, that deserves the money you're playing. Yeah, like, and I suppose if you look at if um, you need the gear and it's that price, then yeah. Yeah, and definitely. if you look at if you look at Fuji, they do the GX. Uh, medium format cameras and they are super expensive as well so they're like I'm guessing that they're closer to like thousands. 10 9, 10 thousand uh, about right? 9,000 I think for their top end and people use those for, the, for more professional industries right it's if you need to blow stuff up really massive so you can yeah. imagine like your big format companies that yeah. like, like well, shopping centres that use like a massive massive side yeah, yeah all those sorts of things I probably use them for a lot of their big advertising as well it, it, more than anything else it's just the fact if you need to crop in on something or anything you know it's that having that resolution where you the can raw, get right the in. raw colours are there yeah it's just the size of the image. It's just mm. humongous. I mean, and like that's, a, so, that's something that digital really, I, I guess, it can do, but not to the same well, no, the, the quality Fuji, or degree. The Fuji is still a is the oh, Fuji yes, DX yeah. is a digital camera. It's just that it's got that. Um, it's that medium format um, oh, so camera. Oh, I see. So it's it's, a, it's the digital variety of the medium format. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think um, you know if we look at I don't know like the Hasselblad cameras. I mean, let's just let's just put it out there. Uh, that the Hasselblad H6D400C medium format camera body is forty-three thousand five hundred. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd pay um, that any day. So when we would say thousands, we should have said the ten thousands. So, um, the YouTube by contrast, actually has one. The the GFX G, GFX one hundred. That's the Fuji medium format digital body. Ten grand. I, I was not wrong there, wasn't just I? I said the, 9, 10 that's grand, just yeah. the body. So obviously wow. add on the lenses that's and uh, I can only begin to imagine how expensive the lenses are. Probably another grand or two. Uh, let's have a look. 120 mil lens is two and a half grand. Yeah, two uh, grand, yeah. 45 mil, 1500 pounds. That's actually, I, I mean, I'm in the grand scheme of things, it's quite reasonable. <laughs> um, As we were saying yeah. in the DSLR and the, you know, the mirrorless episode, obviously, 
you know yeah. everyone has I mean, their, it, it would appear, their limits with the it price would appear that Hasselblad do have their X system cameras which appear to be their budget range <laughs> at uh, six grand uh, I mean, that, in the grand scheme of things, that ow. is probably more reasonable for what they're offering, potentially. Yeah, and then obviously people have um, their Leica cameras that uh, I know a lot of people... Uh, Chris is that, is Leica is a part good of uh, Hasselblad, then? No, no, Leica is like one of the most famous Oh, oh no, I was going to say, for a second, you sort of sounded like you said Hasselblad and then No, Leica. no, no, so Leica, and, have, yeah, Leica, um, brilliant. Leica have got their, uh, their range of film cameras that are, you know... That was our dark room. Oh. Just lusted afterwards. Big. Mm-hmm. Nice. Big time. Nice. Like I'm trying to find my Hasselblad photo. It looks like, it looks that like a is beast. She's a beast. Oh, I like how it's all in one line. Yeah, that's very attractive. I wish looking we could get camera. like the yeah. photo up, like the one it was. Oh, if you cool, pi- if you picture it, it is the lens and then the the body all some uh, not symmetric. Would you almost say symmetrical? All um, well, it's the difference is you're not looking line-wise. through. You're looking down, aren't you? Yeah. Like a telescope, yeah. Yeah. If you look at um, fashion shoots that have happened over the years and you look at, I don't know, like America's Next Top Model and all that sort of stuff, when they were shooting on um, film cameras, they were always Hasselblads. Yeah. They were always, you know, taking a photo of someone in front of a background or whatever, but looking down into the camera because they were shooting on Hasselblads. And that just shows, you know, industry prevalence of that film type of camera was massive. It was massive. It has it has its um, massive purpose of use somewhere. Anyway, I think we're going to pause briefly. Yes. Grab a quick break because we know how much everyone loves those breaks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll have a quick message from our sponsor, and we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Paradise Co. For t-shirts and beanie hats, visit paradiseco.uk and use the promo code GTS2020 to get ten percent off. Welcome back to the final part of this episode, talking all about film photography. So, Billy, back to you. Don't even you, throw Billy. me in the deep end like that. So, um, as the whole like point of this conversation was, um, is shoot in or is it out? I believe, personally, with the new generations coming in, more interested in these kinds of things, with Polaroid making its little printers that you can mm-hmm. like share your photos off your phone. Make they stayed the original film. and kept going, yeah, and um, developed new stuff. I definitely think it's back in. I don't know. But we haven't really touched on much about Josh, because obviously me and John are like film geeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, tell us what your beef is against film, mate. I ain't got any beef against it. What's your, fil- what's your film beef? Why don't you have one? <laughs> Well, the reason why I don't have one is because I don't know enough about one to even develop it, mm-hmm. going to do it myself. I think the idea would be is to experience it through someone else. Us going out probably would mm-hmm. be the best way of me getting started. And the thing is, as you guys have quite clearly said, the price is a bit more higher. So if I want to do it, I have to be at least a bit more invested in it, um, I feel, at least. Do you know what I like about the price being higher, though? I think it's... Uh, the barrier makes, of entry. Well, no, 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 no. Because I think photography should be... Because you could make a pinhole camera, like for pence. But I think what's really, really, really important is that when you have, I don't know, a fiver for 36 photos, you really, yeah. really think about the photos that you're going to take. Well, that's it. Like, I feel like I would need to learn the camera from someone first before feeling comfortable with doing that and then messing up a photo and wasting my money. Well, so the argument is, is that if you shot manual on a digital SLR... And you set your ISO to the same ISO as your film, so let's say 400. Then realistically, um, changing your shutter speed and aperture is identical. The mm-hmm. difference is is that with a digital camera, you can take a photo and go, "Oh, that was crap." 
<laughs> and have another go. But mm. with film, the excitement, partly, I think, is the fact that you go, oh, I wonder if that came out. I wonder if that works. <laughs> did I did used to have good? that when I was young because I did use disposable cameras a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. So you take a photo and go, wonder how that's going to So I do know how you'd expect it to be on the more lower grade piece of equipment. But I, I, I said this to a friend, uh, like, I think I would like to really kind of invest a bit of a bit of knowledge into it before I decide I'm going to buy a camera. Same thing with, I mean, I, I did jump into it quite quickly still, but on the scale of things, it was still only, it's still a month after I had a little taste of photography on a bit more of a wider scale. Mm. My first camera, the 1200D, I invested in that after doing enough research to tell me I didn't need to go jumping up because if, if people uh, are familiar, um, I think the way that Canon's numbering system works is the, the, the more low the number, the more professional and higher paid uh, model it is. So like never, the 5D is one never of the... get that. Like normally, the bigger the number, the better the thing. Well, that's what that's the thing. I thought that as well. But the 1200D mm. is the furthest that's, away from yeah, the 5D, and the 5D yeah. is what a grand plus. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of tells you, like, it's like the 7D or the 5D or whatever mm. the number is, means that it's I mean, maybe the the pinnacle camera. Nikon seems to have this really relatively clear number of system that means that if it's a three-digit camera, like an 850 or an 810, it's full frame. Ah. If it's a 5600, so a four-digit number, it's a crop sensor. So oh, that, makes like, that kind of makes That's so much sim- more sense. And then mm. like they're three, then they're five, then they're seven. So the three is their entry, their five is the middle, and the seven is like their top-end APS-C crop sensor. And then you go to like, you, I think it's a three, no, hang on, a four... Fuck it. I don't know. The the, the mm. numbers like that's the idea. You work your way up, and the idea is mm. is that you you kind of the numbers in Nikon work quite well, and then Sony kind of sort of do the same thing, I suppose, in the sense they have like their sevens, their nines. Kind of every piece of technology I've ever really used has always been that bigger is better. Generally, I think the way <laughs> that so, the way that Canon do it. If you look at the numbers, <laughs> Billy's tw- just so, smirking. <laughs> So if you look at mine, mine was the 1200D, then they released the 1300D. Yeah, which so the is numbers the, were going up still. They're going up. But, but then you go down, let's say you go to the 650D, yeah. then you go to the 60D, yeah, yeah. and then you go down to the 60D. Yeah. So I got the A2. The, the, the smaller the number, the more defined it maybe is. God knows. I don't know. It's like, I just find like the whole thing one, quite... The, the, was it the 1DX? That is well, one, one of their D- most expensive cameras. Yeah, that's 1DX not, Mark Three is it now? Yeah, I think. which is a full frame. And it isn't a mirrorless, but the mirrorless have been given a completely different naming structure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, so that it's shows just, you what well, they're doing. I don't know. I, so maybe with what's numbering systems going on right now, maybe Canon, when they go fully into the mirrorless stuff, not just with yeah. this, this, the two or three cameras they've got now, well, like, they'll probably change the whole number. system. But then like, you think about any any film camera, even like, uh, you know, they did an OM10, an OM20, and an OM30. The 30 was the best. Mm. Like, you look at like... So the, the 20 was the mid-range, and yeah, the 10 was the, exactly. was like the, the beginner's. Level, yeah. And then you look at like the uh, I don't know, like say the Nikon's. You had like the the F eighty or for our American listeners, I think it was an N eighty. Mm. Um, same camera, it's just different branding. Yeah, like, like the Rebel for the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had like uh, the other thing that I thought was quite interesting was like you had like the FM one, the FM two, and the FM three. They were quite expensive cameras, but the three was the best. Like it makes sense, mm. I think that. You know, if you're, if you're somebody looking for a film camera, I mean, that's the other thing I'll say as well. If you want to get into film photography, you do not need to pay a fortune. Like, no, no. Um, they're not that expensive. Oh, do no. you know, loads of charity shops have them. Yeah, well, they're not that much expensive if you know what you're looking at. Well, you've got to find 
Just, you, is you it don't, the, you don't the disabled? What is it? The disabled photographer? I know that's really stereotypical. It is no, disabled. No, they're at the photography show, right? They have like a yeah. whole big booth there with and all they, different And they equipments. do like used cameras. And do you know, I found someone on the internet and she just sent it to me. But no, oh. um, do you remember like Poundland when they did film? Yeah, yeah. Pa- well, I think the they still do. Pound, they still do, I think. I can't find it freaking anywhere. Maybe it depends where you get it. They used to do it specifically in the one uptown. Yeah. Uh, Birmingham. For anyone that's not yeah, in case you're not sure, and like <laughs> when she says town here, I'm thinking Dudley, blimey, did you have? Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, I was no. like, did you she was genuinely serious. I was like, did you go straight to Dudley? That's so strange. I went, no, um, no, yeah, it's well, considering we're in Dudley now, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know the one next to the Weatherspoon near Square Peg? The no pound land on the corner, no idea, pound land on the corner. You it mean, doesn't matter how many times you say it, you're on about the one by the market, Dolly Rockers, tell me something else that's by it. Debenhams. Yes. Oh, Pigeon town. Now you're about. I know where Debenhams is. <laughs> I'm talking about town, fam. Okay. Right. You're on about. You're on about. Um, Poundland. Uh, corporation Stay Street, aren't it. you? Your Corporation Street. You mean the two Poundlands? The one with the tram now. The ones that was coming two up of from them. New Street. You go all the way up that line. You go past that New Castle and. Uh, anyway, this has become a bit of a tangent. <laughs> I feel, but what's interesting is town film. Uh, I'll tell you a guy who um, I talked to recently at a photography meet, uh, Imran underscore AB, I think. You better have got that right. I really hope so, because I have had quite a decent chat with him. Hang on. He's a good chap. I'm going to be... I, I, I mean, you can... While yes. it, while you, you can Imran uh... underscore AB. Now, what he did, because he was walking around with this um, uh, film camera, like just a quite a cheap film camera, but he walked around and I said, oh, that's cool. You're shooting on film? And he went, yeah, yeah. I paid like thirteen pounds, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And he went for the camera and the lens, thirteen quid. And I was like, "You are joking." He went, "Nah, I just used like a shop that said like this is what I've got that's cheap, and this is what I've got that's um, just very, you know, it's it's a disposable camera in the sense that it wasn't going to make the, ca- the shop any money, mm. but it meant that he he had a little." You know, stepping stone into film photography. Honestly, they're so cheap. They are, <clears throat> and I've got I've got like two or three. I don't want to part with because I have the same sub story as John, where mm-hmm. I, my granddad died. Yeah. But uh, was, was it his? It, they were all his. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, and then um, see, but yeah, I'll definitely get Josh to use one, which will be cool. Mm. Once I find film, I've just been googling Privilege. it. I said, "Will you find me that five pound film?" For Ilford on Amazon. I'm in pain. Yeah, I'm not films okay, for 25 right. Quid. I'm not saying it's expensive, as in, oh my god, eight pounds to break the bank. I mean, just have. I'm going to bring it up twice in one episode. Corona, so <laughs> I can't like be spending loads of money on film. Of course you can. The <laughs> thing is, right, the easiest thing to do is just have two less coffees, which you won't be able to have because you're not allowed to go oh to coffee god, shops. Oh my god, this is what I said to Phoebe. So um, have so have two less coffees. I gave this same pays, advice to that, someone earlier. That pays, that pays for something else, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, hmm. do you know it's because if you want to buy like the a refund bundle. from the holiday recently, oh, sugar Ooh, shit bags <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a proper <laughs> film. <laughs> well, by the way, gonna have to go anyway. It just happened. No, I just saw her name. You want to have to bulk buy it, it like packs of five. Well, I always buy packs of five anyway. I do like color though. I do like color. Well, colors, colors, I've got loads of 120 films. Someone want to trade? I holla at Jagal. I got loads of 120. Have you kept it in your fridge? 
<laughs> she says it. Not sure if because if it's if it's really old, then you need to have put it in the freezer. It's or the not fridge. really old. It's like disclaimer, it's guys. Billy has actually put it in the fridge, but she's just making sound like she. This is old as my degree. Oh, oh, it's quite old then. That's worrying. Three years old. The cat is at the bag. It might be all right. Depends what the date was on it. There's a top tip as well. Maybe keep the fi- keep, keep your film cold and in a dark place, and it'll last. Yeah, longer. it's basically it's in a cold place. It's in a dark place, and my house is. Freezing. It's in a cold, dark place. So it's probably it's surviving. Billy's mind. Because Billy's had no heating for, <laughs> Billy's had no heating for about five plus years. <laughs> so yeah. I live in a Victorian house. Oh, hello. Drafty. Victorian, Victorian plumbing for you. Drafty it's with great. solid walls. It's got no light Perfect in whatsoever. In the winter. No like, insulation. The corridor in, in the middle of the day, like sunniest <laughs> outside, <laughs> is pitch black. You have to like worm your way around. Yeah. The bulbs go all the time this, and I'm certain it's haunted. Is this where you just go, oh, this is what it must have felt like in the mine. <laughs> <laughs> What were they, chilly miners? Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Victorians were, weren't they? They were who, big miners. Who turned the light out? I know, you lost me. I thought you were making a Jew joke for a second. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm Jewish. I thought no. you were like going down the Jewish Jew route. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, how is that? Like, what happened to me when I was Jewish? How would I have linked that to a Jewish joke? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, when you were Jewish. I'm really <laughs> sensitive about it. I feel that we've gone on a small tangent. I'm Jewish. Yeah, you guys. I have... think we have. <laughs> we may have gone on a small tangent. We may have gone on a very small um, one. But yeah, films in... I agree. Uh, film canisters are really expensive and we're going to try there's it out. A, there's a couple of things I would say as well. Like, If you're going to get into filming, you're not sure if you're going to like um, developing your own film and stuff. Don't invest heavily in like the development tanks, yeah. the, the, you know, the, oh, the no, dark I'm not, bags. I don't think just get it done. Like. I haven't got the room done. for it. I, mean, yeah. I ain't got a lab- laboratory like Dexter's laboratory. You don't need a lab. If you're developing your own... Dexter's laboratory is way too bright. Yeah, if you're developing your own negatives, then literally it is a tub about this big. Um, mm. which is really visual for the people <laughs> that are listening. <laughs> so it's about, I don't know, seven inches. Yes. About seven inches. About two hands size-wise. Yeah. Okay. Or two John hands. Maybe about eight inches. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's about eight, eight inches tall. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's not very big, but you can develop um, a film in that and you can get tanks that take more films. Like you can oh. have a five film tank that's a oh, lot so taller. It's like a sort of draw system. It's, you just they're in a spindle so you just put them in you just oh. dr- dunk them in and then what in you do is you, you turn the uh, you get a bit the of exercise with your arms yeah you move the tank to agitate it or just google it it's not majorly expensive like I mean there's farm labs in Digbirth which is and you get a lot of them if you want to do your own self development you'll find loads of people shifting development stuff on eBay and Gumtree and stuff like that because what people do is they tend to find it or they ha- they find it from when they did film and they're like oh, I can't be asked this anymore yeah and then they want to get rid of it and actually like I have contemplated getting it in a larger and stuff at home but I haven't got a room that's pitch black so if you've no. got a, if you've got a bathroom that has no windows so if you have an internal bathroom nothing, then. then that's that's ideal because what you can do is just turn the light off and it will be dark enough for you to develop photos without ruining the before exposure. we go before I forget um, expired film um, opinion. It's okay. It depends how expired it is. Yeah. If it's like six to twelve months out of date, then it might be worth a punt. But what I found is it's not often significantly cheaper. No, no. It's so I don't really see the point. The, the only downside is is like it you struggle. So I'll give you an example. One of the most sought after black and white films, probably I would say, currently is Fujifilm Acros. It's a one hundred ISO, I think, black and white film. But the texture that it has is very, very unique. Um, so much so that loads of people try and have Lightroom presets that are mm. uh, like it, but they never like it. I mean, you can't simulate it really. They never, they never like it. 
<laughs> you can't <laughs> simulate yeah. Making a bit of a joke there with the So yeah. So it's not um so it's not it's not repli- you know, you can't replicate it in digital that effectively not, really. Not very well, no. Um and what's interesting is that goes for a pretty penny on on the the market. It's fifty plus pounds. Like that, right? No, 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 no. Oh, it's so, still cheap. No, it's still cheap. I mean, if you but think a black and white speaking, film is a yeah. fiver, it might be like thirteen, fourteen pound a oh, film sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is you can't get it. That's the issue. It's out of stock. Everywhere. So what happened was Fuji stopped making it, oh. and there was such an outcry, they went, "Okay, we'll make it. We'll again. make it again." But they've changed the formula, so it's not quite the same. So it ruins it. There used to be a lot more silver in film. And there isn't now because silver's expensive. Oh yeah. So yeah. they use slightly different. So it's chemicals. very sought after the originals. But the but even if you get the remake, it's so hard to get hold of because it just sells out really quick. They can't make it fast enough mm. for people because they're not going to do loads of it. So they do small runs of it and then it just disappears really really quick. So Across Film is definitely worth trying. I'm a bit of a black and white film shooter, as I've said. I know Billy, you've said you like color. I do like color. I do want to also put here that Billy, because B- Billy put some of the notes together for this, because uh, she was into all the idea of, of the it. notes. Oh yeah, okay. I'll s- rephrase that. All of the notes, and I want to actually emphasize the point that you got here from the interview from F-Stoppers uh, that you highlighted. It says uh, from the interview you, you read it says photographers. Uh, the, a lot of photographers have started to turn. Uh, be turned by DSLRs into the equivalent of photo- uh, photographic sloths, which I agree with. Uh, uh, we wander around with too much gear, sluggish, push, uh, pulling the camera up, staring at the LCD screens and wondering where all the love and emotion went. That's a good point to make. Deep, I, I think there's, I think there's deep. definitely a bigger connection when you're shooting on film. You're oh thinking, yeah, you feel more closer to it because you're, you're touching th- the thing yeah. that you're putting in. You're not just picking an SD card up and putting it in your yeah. camera. Um, but they all have their release they, focus. Yeah, they all have their their benefits and drawbacks. Like I do think there's a time and a place for film. I wouldn't shoot film. I, I mean, God knows, Generally, I would yeah. not. I would not choose to go back to a film only era. Um, I think the same would be the same would probably be said about vinyl. I imagine. I'm intrigued. Well. I'm vinyl. Intrigued. Vi- these these I two would. things basically are recovered from the old days and basically placed into a more general sort of everyday mm. phase. I think. In a few months' time, when everything in the current situation has calmed down, <laughs> yes, we, we will go out and we will do a live, not I'll a live stream. I'll go a, out, no, Corona. Well, we'll we can go out as long as, we're, as long as we're two metres apart and, uh, <laughs> and we just shout at each so other. So we can't hold hands? Yeah, uh, John, can you hear can me? Hold hands. I can't hear you. It's too noisy. I'll sanitise. Josh had his on the table. Spray. <laughs> Actually, Josh does normally have his hand sanitizer everywhere, and I haven't seen it tonight. No, I, he asked me he's, if I wanted ru- to squirt. He's ru- he was oh, there with it. Yeah. Disgusting. Oh. I've not been doing it that much tonight because Josh my is walking hands around are asking if he wants, but if he want people want to squirt, and yeah, here we go. He's sniffing his uh, his hand sanitizer. Oh, no, but yeah, on that note, I think. On that yes. very clean ending, see what I did there. <laughs> hey, you hear what uh, I did? Yeah. You know, you like her, it. So, uh, oh, very good. You very like her. So, on that note, I think we will end. Uh, this has been a bit of a waffle, and we will put the link to the article that made us think about this. It's been a episode. good general conversation because I think out of all of the episodes recently, there've been quite a lot of you know, I guess uh, very much all notes down. But this one's been a bit more open again, and because mm. it's a smaller episode after we had that mom- mammoth two-hour episode two episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, well. One episode, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's fine, Josh. Yes, but, yes. <laughs> it's, been good, it's, it's been good to just have a waffle, like you say. Excellent. Let us know if you like us chatting shit like this. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like yeah. I said before. It's good to have two like sort of interim episodes between big ones. 
Exactly. It's always I, nice I to like have two small ones a between a big chat. one. Because that makes us feel, feel a bit more human again, having a bit more yeah. of a chit chat. Mm. I like that. It was a, a chit chat. Yeah, very nice. Thank you, and you're welcome. Have yeah. a nice yes. time. So, uh, I've <laughs> been John Willis at JRE Willis. Billy at BFH UK. And Josh Deakin at Mitchell Josh Deakin. And until next time, on our next episode, hopefully, with Tom Bartley. <laughs> if we've made it. If yes. we've made it on the other side. <laughs> Keep on touch on social media. Then, uh, yeah, until then, bye for now. Bye. bye. bye.